0: what it is what it do gamers this is Kevin aka Enough 71 and you are tuned into episode 7 of season 1 of the gaming vessels podcast along with me in the digital studio we have the Bay Area Terra Dez what's going on my friend
1: hey everybody welcome to this next episode uh we're we're along i can't believe it's been 7 already wow I yeah. love it. I can't believe it. I'm I'm really excited to be here.
0: Cool. And also we have Joe, aka Trader Joe, aka the food max of gaming. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Just uh enjoying my one day off this week, so I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's okay. So how, how many How many hours is this total for you? I mean, not that this is anything new, but... uh, Last two weeks,
2: uh, we worked an extra 40, but this week is only going to be an extra 10. So, okay. But uh, I'm getting to where I want to get to be, you know. Cool. It's, it's helping out financial-wise, and that's, that's the goal right now, so...
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I had to work uh, some overtime on my job, nowhere near... Uh, over the past two weeks, as many as uh, overtime hours as you got, I've got maybe about about seven or eight locked in there. But I do not you know, work overtime it. at all. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just don't. You know, it's, it's
1: not. I, I I can in my job. You know, just sorry.
0: Uh, well, you know, there's a lot to be said for you know having work time, work time, and your time, your time. So I, I get that. It's just uh could use, a, could use a little extra money. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I, I'm not on, on Gamer Husbands anymore is because of the uh, proposed mandatory overtime. And it is kind of mandatory, but they've kind of changed that up. But anyway, one of the things that I've been doing over the past, uh, gosh, this past week is taking advantage of the Steam summer sale. Yep, yep. Um so, I dropped total of I had $25 already in my Steam wallet just to give you a quick synopsis here. $25 in my Steam wallet that I had put in, I don't know, I don't know maybe 2 or 3 months ago and just forgot about it. And I bought a $50 Steam uh, card on Thursday. And I slapped that in, hey, I've got $75. Okay, so once the when the Steam Uh, sale kicked off, Uh, I went crazy. (laughs) So, yeah. I, and and this is one of the cool things about my personal use for this gaming rig, is that I'm getting all that third-party stuff from last-gen that I don't have anymore or because I no longer have a working PlayStation 3 I may have the physical copy, but you know, I want to be able to play it, you know, in super the greatest mode, you know, on the PC. And uh, I got the, all the Batmans, I got all the Batmans and the laundry list is pretty long. I'm not going to go too far in depth of it, but all I can say is this is really the first (sighs) steam sale that I've been able to take full advantage of the winter sale I really wasn't able to do as much damage because I literally heard about it, forgot about it and was able to jump in like the last day of it. So mm-hmm. I only got like a couple of games. But uh this one, I remembered to put it stored, keep it in my phone. The dates came up. I had I had my Steam wallet ready and I was able to take full advantage of it. And it got me thinking. Um uh, when we were young, when when we were young, uh, I'm I'm pretty old myself. What were some of the gaming deals, gaming sales that we could take advantage of? That we took advantage of, it's been just for myself, and it got me thinking about this. When I was a kid, um, my parent, I I was on an allowance per se. Uh, My mom was dead set against me having a part-time job, like, say, delivering paper, uh, delivering papers. And this, folks, this is going back to, like, the late 70s, early 80s. We had a scare where a couple of young kids were attempted kidnappings. So my mom heard about that, and she said, nope, not happening. (laughs) You're not getting out there. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not going down. So... I was on like I was on like any an, an uh, allowance structure that was based on the chores that I had to do each chore kind of sort of had a had a dollar value attached to it and it wasn't a whole lot but that's how I was able to get uh I was able to get money now that was not really enough to earn to you know to go out and buy you know Star strike when it was brand new on in television you know day one. Not that I really knew when those games were released anyway, because there was really no such thing as the internet as we know it today uh, back in the late 70s. But um, yeah, you would just go
1: to, you would just go or just so one of your friends, you know, usually who was a little bit more well off than you would be like, hey, I just got this new game. And that's kind of how you realized, you know, or knew when new games were released. It's just like someone right. had went to the store and they saw it somewhere and they were like, hey, and they bought it. And then so it was a lot more word of mouth. With this, with with, with these, you know, with these things, which I thought was kind of funny. I just just started thinking about that when you when we were talking about this feature. It's like that's kind of the thing, you know, it's just people kind of it, it was all word of mouth, you know, it was
0: all word of mouth. And but there were still sales, there were still deals. And I can remember specifically, we used to have a place called KB Toy and Hobby uh in what is now still known as as Fashion Fair Mall and I used to go to KB Toy and Hobby specifically to try and find games that were in what were called the 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 bargain bin or the clearance bin as we know it now they had another fancy name for it but that's where I got He-Man Masters of the Universe I think I got that for like 3 bucks uh, I picked up uh gosh and I'm, and, and I can I can rem- almost remember clearly I picked up um well spacehawk was a gift but uh the Dungeons and Dragons uh, uh, labyrinth of the Minotaur I got that on the cheap there so it was that place and there was gemco I remember would <laughs> wow. often have would often have a a budget bin that I would go and, and get, get a couple things on cheap after saving for m- multiple weeks.
2: <laughs> How far back are we talking about? We're we talking like 83, 84, something like that? We're or?
0: talking like 82, 83. Oh, okay. For me. Um, and the weird thing about it is that as I think back on it specifically with like the um, Labyrinth Maze of the Minotaur that game really had wasn't out very long before I found it in the bargain bin so i don't know if that particular one was just a mislabeling from a clerk mm,
2: not really i mean if that happened right around the crash and i think me and you both remember the crash yes. very well like 1983 that's when basically the console market as we knew it crashed and uh, basically games were just flying off the shelf because they're all like five ten (laughs) dollars like Mm -hmm. i have particular memories of uh woolworths at the fashion fair mall and i remember going in and they had a little like kiosk like you know like in the middle of the aisle where they just had stacks and stacks of atari 5200 games for like five to ten dollars and i just remember the the out (laughs) <laughs> the feelings of joy seeing all these damn games <laughs> <laughs> sitting there on clearance and so it kind of kind of worked its way up cuz i remember going to i believe jc penny too mm-hmm. and they just had racks and racks of but like but you remember arthur's toys? i mean they had some oh, i remember too. i remember arthur's oh i remember arthur's too? no no that's where uh, well i don't think i were, i think arthur's traditionally was kind of high I know I bought my, what turbo steering wheel for the click vision there and a few odds and ends, but, uh, uh, Toys R Us was the Mecca for games at that t- point in time for me, at least. I so. remember.
1: And that, that, Freaking Toys R Us over on Blackstone, where you would, yeah. you'd have to walk down. You'd have to walk through that kind of gauntlet of, like, stuff to, to get around. It was like, oh, that, dis- like a display maze case. or something. That was so bizarre, yeah. you know, that and, maze to get in. And then yeah. you'd go to, the, like, to the gaming area, and they were all behind glass. Or yeah. that, that weird that weird shelving. I remember that. That's, that's hilarious. And I remember best. Yeah. I would never forget best when you'd get that catalog and you'd look in there, although I don't remember best ever having sales though. And I remember that being kind of annoying because um, you would go in and then you would, you would order, cause it was a catalog. Cause you know, I don't know if you all yeah. listeners remember it was, it was those catalog stores like consumers and best and all that, where you would go in and you would, you know, you would look at the catalog and you'd say, I want this. And then someone would go in the back and then someone would, you know that there was at best there was this giant, you know, uh conveyor belt, and it and it, you'd see your stuff coming down the conveyor belt. You'd be so excited, you're like,
0: "Yeah!" You know. <laughs> I used to work at Best. That was one of my that was one of my first jobs <laughs> after graduating from high school. See, and then you you were upstairs, yep. and you had, to, you had to. I was the guy upstairs throwing all the boxes down. Down that conveyor belt, yeah, that was that was part of what I had to do. Did oh, did you guys ha, uh, have a remember Simon Says? Um, Simon Says Toys. It was supposed to be huh. the the mega store, just like Toys R Us was back in the day. They didn't last very long, yeah, at least not even. For I don't us, remember no. them.
2: Do I you, don't remember it too much
0: either. Uh, so yeah, yeah that sounds familiar was. though. Yeah, they had um, a bunch. of of ColecoVision games on cl- on clearance just before they closed. And I had always, I I didn't realize they were closing at the time because everything was like, must go now, getting rid of, clearing the shelves. So they didn't, the language that they had posted up did not suggest that the store was closing. That store closed and eventually it became the a Toys R Us where I used to work at one next to uh, Michael Chevrolet uh, and, and that, that store is gone now and it's like a, like a office max now, but it used to be a Toys R Us and I used to work there too. Um,
1: and for all those listeners, this is uh, in Fresno, California. Yes. So. And,
0: and it's not going to mean anything to anybody who did not grow up. Who's not an old fart like me and grow up here in Fresno. But that was like, one of the it was just like one of those places that you just kind of happened upon to get those great gaming deals. So let me ask you guys this question. What was the first big gaming deal that you recall ever lucking upon as a youngin? And what store was it? What was the deal that you took advantage of and you were just like mind blown. I can't believe I found all this stuff this cheap.
1: Go ahead, Joe. I know you probably got all kinds of <laughs> gaming memories well, for you and your dad. Cause I know mean, your dad was a was a hustler. He was shasty with it, and so I know your dad was all about the all about the deals. So I mean you got tons
2: oh, of them. Well, in my history, what that Woolworths was a good find I could say because um, I got quite a few fifty two hundred games that day, including uh, Counter Attack, which was this like uh, unheralded like. Uh, tank game with a lot of the uh, button press input i didn't enjoy my 5200 but back then it's like i didn't think about owning multiple consoles at the time i was a kid you know i was like 10, 10 11 years old but uh um the way i got my consoles is that we didn't sell my console we uh, basically we kept the box and returned it to the store we bought it from like a year or two afterwards oh so god really so so yeah <laughs> it's um, Icedy, i love it <laughs> oh Time to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, basically that's how it kind of rolled. So um, I upgraded from my twenty six hundred to a, um, a ColecoVision, and my dad boxed up uh, the uh, uh, Sears TeleGames, the uh, bootleg uh, Atari twenty six hundred console I had, and I saw that you know that uh, they had the modules so you could play your twenty six hundred games on. So I want a ColecoVision. So I decided to go and grab a ColecoVision, Vision. Uh, but we did do a return, and I basically didn't pay anything out of the pocket for it. We just basically swapped it. So, <laughs> And then I had my ColecoVision for a while, I think one year until, like, I think uh, 1983. And uh, my dad went ahead and did another exchange for the ColecoVision, and he got me an Atari 5200, which happened to be, I think, in my mind, uh, probably not a good upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a downgrade in my mind, but I did enjoy the 5200, even though that uh, loosey goosey joystick and uh, that controller wasn't all the all the the greatest compared to the other two consoles on the market, three consoles on the market. So, you know, but yeah, that's what's my what's what my dad had to do basically to you know get me by, and he would do it for me. You know, it's not like the point that uh, you know he's wanting to do all this stuff. He's, you know, I was a, a rabid video game fan at that point. I mean, I got I had a subscription to Electronic Games, which was like the feature like uh, gaming magazine at the time during the early 80s on that and so I I was into it. I was into it win it, you know, I remember going down to and there was like a Godshock's like um, warehouse sale. And this was down by the Fresno B. There used to, there's this uh, warehouse right next to the Fresno B downtown and they were blowing out uh, games, I remember picking up stuff like uh, atari 20, 2600 Keystone Capers for really cheap, and I was just really happy. I've picked up quite a few games there. So a lot of the um, a lot of the crash deals were just phenomenal <laughs> at the time, you know, because you know you're a kid, it's not like you're gonna be buying a bunch of games for you know five, ten bucks a piece. and And thank God my parents allowed me to you know go a little crazy. So you
1: know, well they weren't expensive though. I mean, that's not that. That's not that. I mean, back in the day, I mean, we we can't really, you know, with the influx with, with cash influx, and then you're having the like you said a, a crash. You yeah, know, ten bucks for games is like it's like you know nothing yeah. back. Yeah, you know, nothing now. It's like ten bucks for
2: games. It's like that's awesome. You know. Yeah. But back then, it's like what? Yeah, I know. And then after the NES started, pretty much, I got out of games for a couple of years. I had bought an Atari 800 XL computer uh, the, in between my eighth and ninth grade, which happened to be what, in uh, 1983. And so um, I was into computers, but at the same time, I like my my love for gaming kind of fell off a little bit after the crash because there wasn't as much stuff coming out and I kind of let it fall by the wayside but uh, once NES started coming up and once I saw uh, Super Mario Brothers in the arcade that's when I was first exposed to Super Mario Brothers I kind of got that twinkle in again and uh, I wound up back in like what 1986 picking up uh, NES and so what my dad used to help me do and what he would do for me is I would buy games from Toys R Us and then he would open them up from the bottom, <laughs> keeping the seal still on. And the then razor blade would, and shit. with a razor blade, yeah. <laughs> and then once I got tired of a game, he would help me go and return it. <laughs> Try to seal, attempt to seal the bottom of it so it still looks sealed, and then go and swap it and get another game. And it got so bad to where you know I'm I'm grateful that they kind of introduced trading, at least that way we could have done everything and not have to do all this shenanigans at the sheisty, time. <laughs> Shiesty, y'all, But both m- me and my dad wound up on a do not... Uh, do not trade or do not exchange list at Toys R Us. We weren't allowed to trade any more games in or to be able to return anything. So. See,
1: that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Like what a what a what a thing to share with your father, you know. I know. Thank God. It's like it's like both 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 of y'all are are on the do not trade, do not you know, uh, do not
2: return list. Yeah, wow, Terzor. that yeah.
1: is that is something. See, that's a memory you share a, with me. Yeah, you.
2: exactly. I was
0: just about to say that is a memory. That is a, that is an awesome memory. All right, Des, what about you, man? Um, well,
1: again, I got into gaming a little bit later, so uh, like I, I had Atari, and you know, I I had the Atari computer you know the or the what was it the one that came out radio shack so i had, yeah i had a tandy yeah i had a tandy you know so i would i'd play on my tandy and then i had a i had an Atari and i played stuff on Atari um but as far as um as far as deals i didn't start doing deals until i started paying for my own um my own stuff um, and by that, I mean, I would just play my friend's games, you know, and we would share our games because we all have the same systems. You know, like why the first system that I bought was a Nintendo. And I bought that myself, uh, if I remember correctly, because my mom was like, I ain't going to spend this money on no games as what? No, you have to buy the games Uh, uh-uh. you know, <laughs> you know what <laughs> if, if, if what, you need games to play this? you know, so why, why doesn't, why don't the games come with the system? And I, my mother didn't really like that. Cause she was just like, you're paying for something and then you have to pay for something else. What? No, it, it should be a complete toy. And I was like, well, it's not really how it works. And so, so I had to pay for it. And I remember, I remember, uh, buying my first Nintendo, um, and then, uh, when the Super Nintendo came out, I was like, I got to get a Super Nintendo. Mom was like, nope, <laughs> you already got Nintendo. <laughs> you know, play the Nintendo. <laughs> so I was like, damn it. So I had to work for everything. So, so I worked. You know, I worked odd jobs for the family and did some stuff, and I saved up money. And I went to Macy's. Remember downstairs Macy's? Where they used oh, to yeah. Have? That's yep. where all the video games and stuff were. I remember going to downstairs of Macy's. And uh, buying my Super Nintendo, and I was just like, I was so excited about that. And then I was just like, Yay! But I bought it full price. I was I was excited, and I took it home. And I think I think at that time they were packaging one of the Mario games with it at that time. Um, and uh, you got two controllers and everything. And that was another thing that kind of chafes my hide. Is is like. They stopped giving away two controllers and making you have to pay for the other controller. I was like, what kind of bullshit is that? like I never <laughs> that was something that I'd never I always was angry about that. like I was very resentful that you had to buy you know a second controller. It's like, why can't I just have two controllers? You used to do with two controllers, you know anyway that that that's the story for another you know time, but um, but as far as deals go i I didn't really start being much more savvy until like, until high school, really, because, I mean, I just would play, you know, Mega Man, and I would play, um, you know, whatever games my friends got, you know, we would, we both had the same systems, so we would just share the games that that we had, Um, and that was really about it. I didn't really get super into games until high school, and then at that, uh, in high school, and then right after I met Joe, um, was when it really like comic books really took, or sorry, um, uh, video games really took off because Joe was so adamant about them. Um, and so, cause I would just go to, I mean, back in the day, we would just go to arcades and we would play, we'd play the games at the arcade. So having a, a home console system was not something that, you know, we really did because we, we, it was the social aspect of it. We would go, you know, to the, to the, um, the arcade and we would play there with our friends and then that's that's where we got it you know and we play mostly fighting games and whatnot so i had a very interesting transition from arcades to home consoles because like you would just play you know a game by yourself and then at home and then it was always you know i didn't really play any games at home you know by myself because i was really into fighting games so we would always just go to the arcade and I'm talking like, you know, mid to early 90s. So we would just meet at the arcade and play games at the arcade. So it wasn't until the arcade culture kind of died that I really started to buy buy games for myself. And then I would buy deals. I would get deals at, um, at either uh, Toys R Us or I would go to BRE Software. Uh, <laughs> so that was always the place that, that I remembered getting, uh, going to all the time was BRE Software over off of like uh, it, was, it was nothing back then. It was over off of Shaw, and I want to say, alluvial or something, maybe even oh. further. But I remember it was in the strip mall, and you would go in there, and, and I, I remember buying. Uh, it, it was right. It was right when the, um, when the um, buying games, people would buy back, buy back games, and so the with the secondary market was just starting to be, uh, was starting to begin. Is when I really remember. You know, actually seeing deals and and buying deals. And I remember, I got um, I got Cannon Spike for uh the the um Dreamcast for like relatively cheap. So I remember that was one of the systems that I really really enjoyed was uh the Dreamcast. And I I was playing um Joe's for a long time because Joe and I were living together at the time, and I'd play his, and I was like. No no it was before we moved in it was before we moved in together um, well
2: when you moved in with me it was Saturn it wasn't Dreamcast. Sorry, Pass it was X, Saturn or, sorry
1: you're right it yeah, was it was the yeah. Saturn you're correct it, it was yeah. it was the, it was the it was the Saturn and I remember buying games I remember buying games at BRE software and what was the what was the one that gamestop merged with uh Funko
2: and, Funko. no software no. it was it software et cetera well, they merged with fun- with Software, et cetera, but uh, I think the main merge had the to do with Funko. Was Funko. Yeah, yeah. No, Funko-, Funko was, was another merge that was done around that time. Because uh, Funko Land used to be its own separate entity. It? Know, it used to it used to be uh, Funko Land, and then EB Games was in Fashion Fair for a I bit. I remember EB. I remember EB Games mm-hmm. too. And uh, that's separate. That was separate from GameStop at the time. GameStop was was its own concoction. On uh, it, so I remember when um, all of them started to merge up, and
1: then I yeah. remember, you know. That was when that was like when when a second the secondary market for video games like really took off is when all those mergers happened and I was like okay and then and then it just became a like we're buying used games now you know so um
2: because Being it was in like, my existence too so what was that <laughs> <laughs> well it's because all the good stuff I traded in uh, to these uh, you know you had that just one fix it's like you're down down at the pawn shop like <laughs> trading in your crap because <laughs> you want the uh, the newest uh, toy off the shelf. And unfortunately, I wish I had all that stuff that I traded in for a song and dance at the time, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. All all the wonderful SNES stuff that goes for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I used to have.
1: Well, you did. I mean, we didn't know. I mean, we're not, I mean, none of us are, you know, psychic or can tell the future. Although, Although there, there are some people who are, who are just savvy enough to know that, you know, to know that, that this stuff is going to take off and there's going to be like a, 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 um, what's it? A retro culture, quote unquote, in which this stuff is going to become, you know, in vogue again. But you know, we're, I was young. I ain't got no money. These are games that I'm not playing no more. Take them, you know, let me get something new that I want to play. So, so my deal started mostly, uh, with the secondary market in which I was trading and, and, and getting new games that way, you know? And, and maybe it's just, I never really had a, I never really had a. Um, uh, I don't want to say like that. There was very few games that I was just like, I'm never gonna sell. You know, I'm just never gonna sell because it's a game that I loved and cherished. It was just like, for me, it was just like I want to play the next game. You know, so I, I yeah. Would, so I was I was very I was very loose with the with a lot of the games that I had um that I had in the in the in the past before I would trade. You know, and then Joe was always like, you know, why are you trading that in? You know, nowadays he's like with the with now that everything is much more stabilized, um, it's a bit more you know with eBay and and all these other secondary markets that you can go with like i'm just very surprised you know looking at my my gaming shelf and just like even with the small amount of games that i have like i have games that are worth like you know like 100 200 dollars i know joe probably has more and so does kevin but it's just it's just interesting how this how this happened it's like you know these these older games you can't you can't really you know get anymore and then you this, it's this kind of this nostalgia you know slash retro retro market which is all in my opinion all based in nostalgia but wow. nowadays you're you, you, nowadays you can get deals like on pretty much anything you know in this back in the day it was like you know unheard of to get a sale on a on a video game it was just like or because it was just such a niche thing and i think that's the reason why my mother really didn't understand she's like it's a video game you know and and so and she wasn't about to you know (laughs) buy me anything you know so i had to buy all my own stuff you know or 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 i had to do like kevin did and that was you know get a um getting to get an allowance and then when you have an allowance it's like well, well what am i really going to spend my money on you know because hell i love transformers i love comic books so i love i love the whole <laughs> bunch of shit so it's like like am i going to buy a video game you know and then my friend would have the video game so it's like okay well then i'll just play my friend's game and i'll go buy my transformer you know and then we'll, and then we'll swap maybe so you know i i wasn't as definitely was not as, as super interested in it as um as Joe was. But then again, you know, my mom wasn't, you know, flipping and, and doing all this
2: other crap <laughs> like, like Joe's dad was. So well, Joe I got a lot of mileage out a, of them games. Take advantage of things because there was some stores like Software etc.
3: Software, you were etc., able
2: to buy a game and then be able to return it within 30 days. It opened if you didn't care for the game, you were able to go ahead and do those. that. Do you remember so that? Same thing with
1: was That shit right there was crazy. Because, because like really, like you're gonna allow me to open this this product, play it for thirty days, and then bring it back opened? Like that's crazy. No one's gonna do that nowadays. Like, oh, I know. I like. I love it. It's like everything was so naive and just so fresh and new back then. It's like I remember that. And you're like, okay, yep. <laughs> it's so well, funny that was to an me. Option.
2: I used to, I worked at Software Center for one year, and um, part of my job was to take the returns that people would bring back before 30 days and take them in the back and re them like they're brand new. You know, they
1: and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on front. I'm gonna put you on blast, Joe. I know Joe yeah. was taking those games home too because they were open. You take them
2: home, play them, in some oh, instances, where would able you do? To check- You're able, that's one of the fringe benefits of the job. You're able to take one of the catalog games home if you want to play them and bring them back. And and I know,
1: you know, Joe, I remember, I remember your your, your less than scrupulous uh, gaming catalog back, you know, I remember that.
2: What are you talking about? This is a recorded (laughs) message. Less than scrupulous. You know what I'm talking about. Oh way back when. Yeah. It's just I wanted the, the it wasn't the thing where um I I bought plenty of games. So, so look at well. look, look at him,
1: Kevin. Here. You I bought plenty of games so that justifies <laughs> that justifies what I did. Okay, y'all see another reason and I'm going to be very honest with you guys. Another reason yes. why I didn't really have to I didn't really have to buy, you know, games or worry about sales was because again, when you have a friend like Joe you know what's what's that song from uh, from Aladdin? Never had a friend like me. That was Joe. You guys, I am not kidding. Okay, because this man—he's a blue genie. Yeah, he was he was he was a game genie. Literally, yeah. he'd be like, "You play this game," and I'm like, uh, "What game is this?" He put it on, and I'm like, "Well, this game doesn't have a label on it." He'd be like, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> he put, it, he put it into that into that nothing uh, to see here. You would put it into that uh that chip yeah i i had
2: a friend that we wound up getting a contact and the contact was from hong kong and so we like would put an order in.
1: in hong kong yo seriously <laughs> this is we would we, right we would
2: order order what were called hks mm. hks were like basically and, and the stuff i was mainly interested in was a lot of imports so we weren't getting mainline u.s games because mm. the hks See, because Joe this, had
1: specific tastes, y'all, okay? Yes, of course. <laughs> of course <laughs> so.
2: so we were able to get a lot of import PS1 games um, and get them over before they came out, like, you know, Tekken 3 or... Uh, but what I would love and is...
1: See, but and the cool thing about Joe, though, is if, is if he was your friend, you know, he would be like, you know, oh, you want a copy of this game? Here you go. Or you want something? Here you go, you know? So... So that was what was so cool about having a friend like Joe, because I didn't have to worry about a game because Joe either had it, you know, or had a copy of it. And I would just get, you know, a burn of it and I would play it at home. So that's another. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was like really super cool. You know, and but, I, was you know I, I
2: can that. admit that I spent plenty to get my uh, PS1 HK's. But at the same time, I was. Buying Japanese Saturn games so like it was going out of style. I was yeah. subscribing to a Japanese uh, Saturn magazine. They used to have airmailed to me every two weeks, so I wound up putting myself in a quite big substantial credit card debt <laughs> at that time, <laughs> like in the tens of, of thousands where I had to work my way out of it because of my, I had such a thirst for like import games and just gaming in general, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, so I didn't though.
1: So I'll just let you know, I didn't. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was very I thankful that I was able to reap the benefits of, of Joe's, you know, addiction. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so,
2: so Yay. you know, you, I, I was like, I was with the crack pipe. You would want to say I got track marks <laughs> on my arm, and I probably still do to this day. I yeah, was chasing that <laughs> video game dragon, yo. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, well, uh, but I still have them. And I, funny thing about it is, like, I have, I have discs, disc, um, like you know those disc cases and everything. I still have disc cases of like all kinds of old, old games, and I still have my, I still have my chipped, um. Uh, PS one in the closet, if everyone to play those games, and it's like, like, and every now and then, sometimes I think that I want to do that, you know. And we could probably have a whole another episode about about games that you've, you know, stories that we can talk about, you know, about how you, you know, gain the system to to get your stuff. I mean, in, in the comment section, you guys can just post, you know, what are some of the things that you used to do, um, in order to, you know, get your games or to get your fix, so to speak. I mean, from game genies to you know, to to chipped PS3 or PSO ones. Uh, that's that's a whole other episode. You know, we can talk about. It's like when did you know when did um, you start or when did the um, the copying or the or the bootleg market yeah. for video games start?
2: Because that would be something very interesting to talk about. Because yeah, my my thing is that uh, there was one issue of Game Pro that had an advertisement in the back of the magazine for whatever reason it was this product called the game doctor three yep. that was a, a floppy drive that you inserted into your super nintendo and that I'll just never that. started started those flames of oh i could do that really i could go rent a game and go <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, and,
2: see, and the funny thing about it was
1: joe had that shit like because and you have to understand like joe has some of the most amazing handwriting he writes in these in this sort of like big block letters and are not block letters, but this really he 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 writes in a bold uppercase style, which is really cool. I mean, I ever told him he he could get a job lettering comic books because that's it's very precise when he writes. It's really cool. But like his his catalog of games were quite amazing, and they were like color coded, and they were nicely drawn, and everything. Like he he was really like his his attention to detail was something that was like it was very inspiring to see some of his stuff. And I and I was very. I was very uh, lucky uh, to have a, you know to have a friend like Joe because I was able to play games that I thought I would never be able to play, like Yu Yu Hakusho from Japan on Super Nintendo that never came out here, um, Dragon Ball games, all kinds of games that never came out here because Joe was able to get them. So, so yeah, so again for me, I never really had you know to look for deals and stuff like that because Joe already beat me to it, you yeah. know.
0: So I would. Just Moral of the, the story, ladies and gentlemen, find yourself a Joe.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, if you can find yourself a Joe, then you are set.
0: Yeah. So. Now, for me, the the I think the biggest deal that I ever came across as a youngin was one that I didn't take full advantage of because it was one of those things where it's going to be there tomorrow, you know, and. Like the old song, to- when tomorrow never comes. Well, it didn't, because one day I show up I'm ready to buy and all this stuff is gone.
3: Oh.
0: I used to work at Toys R Us. That was one of my first jobs. This is going back to 1990, 1991, straight out of high school. Um, when I started buying my own games, and really, technically, the first deal that I had as a as an elementary school kid into junior high was my parents because my dad used to go golfing with, uh, had some golfing friends and he went out golfing with some buddies and his, one of the, one of the guys went home and found his kids strung out on, on cocaine and my dad just like lost his mind. And he, he went cause there was kind of like this, this not a, not a disagreement, but a discussion that could have gone either way with my growing love of video games between my mom and my dad. So one day my dad just came home and he just said, look, I'll keep you buried in video games if it'll keep you off drugs. So I, I, I fully took advantage of that. Oh, when go. I wanted when I wanted a Coleco Vision, my parents were arguing. Well, he's already got a Coleco Vision. I said, Well, you know, I could start doing drugs. That's that right. Was, that's literally. <laughs> what I said. And that Christmas, bang! I had a Coleco Vision. I had the Turbo Wheel. I had the the freaking uh, Zaxxon, freaking uh, Gyrus, all whatever games that were out at the time. There you go. You know, and I I feel bad about that now when I look bad when I look back on it. But as a as an enterprising young man, <laughs> that's right. I, you know, I had to take advantage where I could. Now, when I started uh, when I started buying my own stuff, I had to trade. I you know I couldn't afford the new hotness brand new. So, you know, NES was out, and uh, SNES was, was was either coming or it had just barely come out, and I wanted that new hotness, so I had to trade up just like 99.9% of the, the people that I knew had to do. But when I was working at Toys R Us, they had a clearance section that had a Vectrex, had an Atom computer, had all the ColecoVision games that I wanted but never got around to getting, uh, had just about all of the Intellivision games that are that I still have missing from my collection. My goal is to eventually get all of the, the uh, Intellivision games. Uh, there's like one or two that are like ultra, ultra rare that I'm not too worried about. There's a volleyball game and there's another one I can't remember. Exactly, what which one it is that I'll probably never get because they're way too expensive. Um, but they had all that. They, I wanted the Atom computer for Buck Rogers because it was the closest to the arcade version that you could get. They had all that stuff there. Uh, the Vectrex was was pennies on the dollar. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, you're, the you're games kill- for it, pennies on the dollar. You're and killing thinking, me. Yeah, I'll I'll come back. I'll 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 get all that stuff later. I'll get, okay, like the songs, like I said before, when tomorrow never comes. Well, tomorrow came. I had my money in my wallet. I'm I'm going in on my day off. I'm I'm like, uh, where where's all the stuff? Where's mm. all the stuff? I go and track down my manager. He's thinking I'm I'm there to work. I said, "No, I'm I'm on my day I'm, I'm on my day off." And me and him really didn't like each other anyway. So I'm sure he didn't he I I was the last person he wanted to see on the store on the on the floor in the back. I said, "Where is all the clearance stuff for the games?" "Oh yeah, well we packed that stuff up and we shipped it out and you know, we we sent it to to whomever and, and back at the warehouse." And I just my spirit just fell. Because I was ready to get all that stuff that day, I had, I had money, I had money in my pocket, you know, ready to go, and all that stuff was just gone. It was probably gone before I noticed it, but, you know, when you see it every day, when you're working there, and and I'm looking, I'm going by, oh, cool, yeah, Vectrex, I want to get me one of those. All right, yeah, again, pennies on the dollar. Atom computer, the the module version that connected to your ColecoVision, pennies on the dollar, the twenty six hundred adapter for ColecoVision, pennies on the dollar, twenty six hundred, all that stuff was there, and I just tomorrow to when tomorrow never came, did it, it just it just came and went, and I kicked myself in, in I could kick myself in the head. If if there was such a thing as a flux capacitor, I would definitely use it. <laughs> and the first thing I would do, and aside from you know even before looking at major historical events, I would want to go back to the summer of 1991 when I was working at Toys R Us and just grab myself and say, "Don't wait." <laughs> <laughs> Never mind seeing all these historical, relevant, earth-shattering events. No, I want to go back to summer of 91 and get all those games that I missed out on. That's so, right. I mean, that's priorities <laughs> right
1: there, sir. Like, I don't blame you. Like, that is that is a sad-ass
0: story, sir. I was like, yeah. damn. Yes. Wow. All gone. All gone. But, uh. Uh, man. Well, folks, that is our some of our early experiences with gaming deals. And we're going to move on to gaming news. What's going on in the here and now? Joe, why don't you kick us off with some of that news goodness?
2: Okay. <laughs> Uh, First thing I kind of noticed this week and there's a couple of news stories kind of caught my eye, but uh, the is working on a smaller Nintendo switch dock that has no chance of scratching the screen on there. It's more affordable because I don't know if you checked out the price for the switch dock that you could buy separately, but it is $90. Yeah, it's really expensive. Uh, So they're working on a dock that if you um, check out the news story on Ars technica, um, it's a portable docking kit. It kind of, it, the system kind of sits in a cradle on there and it rests on top and uh, it will connect to your TV on there. So so because of the fact that it is, it's a cradle version of the dock, there's no chance because, you know, with the launch of the Switch, they had a thing to where uh, some of the docks that were out there were scratching the screen after a while on there because of the, the way the plastic was molded. So. So, and it sounds like to me, this would be like a perfect option for a second TV.. in the house, or if you want to have another dock um, all over the place, you could actually you know, be able to have multiple docks and not having to go out and buy a separate system, or to pay the 90 bucks to Nintendo, so
0: And you That's cannot like, acquire a switch without a dock.:
2: Nope. So yeah. you, you so, cannot. So this would be like a, uh, a way to get into another room in the house just in case you want to play on your TV in multiple places. Uh, you can buy the dock separately. I've seen them in retail outlets, uh, but they do retail for 90 bucks. So glad that the uh, third party's kind of working on solving some of Nintendo's issues on that. So any of you two were thinking about buying a second dock once you do get your switch? Uh, not yet. I mean, we
1: might because we just set up a a um a second room, that's a game room. So being able to take it from from one dock to the other, you know, and other TV without having to hook just um, unhook everything and then rehook it up, it definitely sounds like it could be something that would be worthwhile. But if they're able to get something that is um a lot more cost affordable, you know, then I think that it's definitely worth it.
0: I probably get this and use this as opposed to the the dock that comes with the console because the last thing i would want to do even though i'm primarily going to use it as a set top box and very rarely take it uh you know on the go yeah the last thing i would want is to put this thing in and through no fault of my own get a damaged product you know uh so I will probably be snagging one of these and that would just be my primary dock just for the fact that there's no chance of it scratching the screen whatsoever. Oh. I mean, I'm sure Nintendo has addressed it, but you know, I don't I, I'm I'm I don't think I have to go and start checking SKU numbers, you know, like <laughs> I did with the Xbox 360 when I had my my reign of red ring terror. Through the course of eight consoles, trying to find the SKU that had had the revised chipset. Mm. Uh, so I think this will just answer answer that question right quick and in a hurry. So I'll definitely be picking one of those up.
2: There's modifications too you could do if you're switch if you're afraid about your dock uh, scratching your screen. So there's things out there. I mean, I just made sure that I had a good screen protector on mine. But uh, mine's been unfortunately been in, in its cradle resting because i have not played it in about a month and a half i need to get get back to it you know i think when you guys pick up your switch i might uh, uh revisit it uh per se but uh, i need to get back to playing zelda i will mean, probably have to start over again for the fourth
0: time you know to get back into things so but you shouldn't uh, have to do that though I you know. shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to modify or make modifications to the product and you know it's not like we're it's not like we're talking nintendo at least in my experience i've never had a problem with their hardware ever and i Mm -hmm. i've had all of their set top boxes i've only had one uh portable game uh system and that was the the super game boy or no the game boy advance um And I never had any problems with their hardware. The quality of it, never an issue. Never an issue. They had
2: an issue before with the DS Lite, like the clamshell, and it was scratching the screen on the 3DS, too, with that. Um, There was some issues, some issues that were um, design flaws, not necessarily just uh, a one-off problem, a manufacturing problem. So... But uh, I'm pretty sure out there, it's just, uh, to me, to have the dock, I think the dock should have been designed to where it's not cradled fully or to be able to, um, you know, have the screen not exposed. I think they should have designed it differently. Maybe it made it less, um, you know, luxurious, per se, you know. So. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, say love you on that. We'll, we'll take a look to see when that Nyko accessory was supposed to be out in September. So, uh, another news item that caught my eye, uh, the Calypso Media and Games Forum has brought an update to Viking Wolves of Midgard, which is a game me and I know you've bought the game too, Desmond. Um, they have updated the game, so you are able to play couch co-op with it finally on that and to be able to do that. And plus they also enabled the fact that Uh, of enabling the ability for players to be able to bring their items into a new game while also increasing the difficulty on there. And then they also added the ability to be able to add a stash capacity to be able to allow access to all of your items on there and to be able to share items with multiplayer um, people that join in your multiplayer game on there. So, And then also they have improvements to the Trial of God's new legendary effects uh, for items, talisman changes, uh, adjustments to several boss fights—you know, there's a lot of updates. It looks like for this game, and uh, I enjoyed the game from what I played with it so far. And then I had the game updated in such a way. I'm looking forward to getting getting back into it. Uh, did you beat the game, Desmond, or how far did no, you get into? No, no, no. I've gotten to like the third or fourth chapter. Uh, it's a
1: fun game. Like it is definitely a Diablo, Diablo clone. Um, I'm happy to see that they've added so much support to it, to the game. Like, I was very surprised because I really thought this game was going to be one of those kind of one-and-dones. They're like, put it yeah. out, you know, fix any things that they need to, and then move on to the next game. But the fact that they've released all this extra uh, stuff for the game um, is something that I'm really surprised about. So, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and it's definitely for a those of you... Playing. Yeah, for those on the fence too, they did add a demo to this game up on the uh, PS4, uh, PSN store, basically. So, like you, Kevin, if you're interested in checking this out, there is a demo out for it now. So,
0: okay, I'll check that out. For sure. Now, There's... is there a cost associated
2: with this game?
0: A subscription? No.
2: Nope. Yeah. No, no, there's no subscription. Mm-hmm. It's a straight, just one and done. Uh, that's game's been on sale uh, a cup at GameStop the last couple times I know. On Pro Day, it was on sale for twenty dollars, I believe. So there are deals on it if you look around for it. So
1: it's definitely a game worth playing. Like it definitely, especially for twenty dollars, it's definitely worth it, you know, to play through.
2: Okay. And imagine it's a more. Yeah. Uh, um, if imagine playing diablo but having a little bit more uh weight or oomph to the combat versus just the constant click 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 that you did in diablo 3 because i know diablo 3 was your first exposure to that series right kevin
0: yes yes it was, it was.
2: so so imagine if it's diablo 3 in the same vein and the same genre but uh there's a little bit more um uh difficulty a bit you know games a little bit uh, has a little bit of a uh curve to it but at the same time there's a little bit more weight to the combat so the like the slashes are a little bit slower but you're able to maneuver a little bit and and apply a little bit of a strategy aspect to it Uh, i wouldn't say it's gonna go full like dmc (laughs) you know combat or anything it's a whole different genre but uh um, I, th- I think the game is uh, a very good game in that in that um, subcategory of games. So
0: okay, i definitely check out the demo
2: for sure. And next new story I want to kind of cover over a little bit is uh, Valkyria Revolution is going to be supported with a lot of DLC, a free DLC, which is the best DLC in my mind. So. Yep. Uh, the, Game's coming out this Tuesday uh, on the... Let's see, what day is that going to be? On the 27th? So, but uh, the game, if you haven't heard of it before, it's in the Valkyria Chronicles series. It's like a pseudo-sequel. It's like a game in in the universe, but they're... Basically, it took Valkyria Chronicles and added some different influences to the game. A lot of people say it's like the um, Valkyria Chronicles Musou game, but it's definitely it's been developed by Sega. It's a Sega published game. It's a Sega developed game on there. So, but the DLC is going to be available for three weeks from uh, the point of release on there, and uh, there's quite a bit of stuff on there. There's a large batch of DLC. I believe the uh, amount of DLC is up in the 15 and 20 mark as far as the number of different downloadable contents you could go and grab for this game on there. So a lot of stuff uh, that you can do, and it's only available going to be between June 27th and July 18th. On there, so you know, the amount of the packs and everything that's available. If you're interested in, in playing this game, you, you might want to just queue up your PSN account uh, once it's released. And the release schedule is actually it's going to be released in the next what um, two to three weeks after release of the main game on there. So, a game is retailing for forty bucks. So if you're definitely interested in checking it out, it might be uh, well worth it. It's one of the games too. I believe that gets a nice trade boost at GameStop too as well. So.
0: Okay. And this is uh, like an action RPG. Or... It's an
2: action RPG with muso okay. leanings, yeah, so. Okay. And um you know, some of the character designs in the game it makes Senran Kagura like blush. So.
0: <laughs> oh, so so not Anita Sarkeesian approved. Huh?
2: Uh, don't think so, yeah. So. <laughs> I was reading the ESRB uh, rating and descriptions on the game, and there's uh, uh, some salty language in the game, so, you know. Salty but language? It, but it's rated T for teens, so figure that out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but, uh, you know, I'm interested in the game. I actually have it already pre-ordered and paid in full, so I'm definitely going to be buying it. I need to maybe make a priority to check it out, too, so. next Tuesday? <laughs> Coming out this Tuesday. Yeah, there's quite a few games which we'll cover in the drop coming out this next Tuesday. So, um, you know, whoever said anything about summer drought about anything, you know, <laughs> there is no such thing. So, no. Yeah, speaking of Musso, uh, Koei Techmo has released more information regarding Dynasty Warriors 9 yes. on there. Um, this is something which I was severely surprised that wasn't like in one of the big three as a trailer, either with Sony or with Microsoft, because I think, you know, I think Western audiences kind of give di- the Dynasty Warriors series kind of a short strip in my opinion. To me, it's like uh, there's so many games in that certain style that uh, Omega Force has kind of uh, uh, honed down that uh, should have been have a have a more prominent uh, showing at E3 on there. And I'm not sure just if Koei Tecmo decided to just kind of and not focus on it as much. I know they did release some stuff uh, on there, but uh, the newest update that they did uh, um, kind of detail about um, is updates to the combat features of the game. So um, they have a new combo system called the state combo system, uh, which allows players to perform three different attack styles, uh, trigger attacks, flow attacks, and finish attacks. So Uh, triggered attacks will allow players to create the start of an explosive combo leading to flow attacks, which then will adapt to the enemy's current state. Now, successful combos allow for a finished attack to be performed, delivering a final blow that eradicates any foes caught in the path on there. So so I don't know if it's so focused that's going into DMC uh, combo style. I don't know if it's something that, you know, you're very – I know you're interested in, right, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is
0: also a brand new engine uh, that Koei Tecmo is is bringing to this, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, and
2: since this is an open world game, they're making Dynasty Warriors 9 an open world game. Um, There's interactions with surroundings, too, which has not been implemented in any of the series previously. This includes uh, climbing buildings and mountains, wielding grappling hooks to traverse walls and make use of objects like oil barrels in battle, so there is Quite uh, the wonderful interactions, almost like, you know, um, like almost that open world style combat within the Musou style. So so there is a new trailer out there. If you guys would look around on the Internet to be able to check it out, that kind of displays the, a new combat system along with some of the open world um, aspects of the game as well. So color me excited. They're saying it's coming for the PlayStation 4 in 2017, probably also will be out on the PC. Probably on the Xbox One too. You know, you might get it at the the wonderful 4K style on your Xbox One X, possibly. But
0: who knows? So, <laughs> kind of wish they had a they would have done us a, a Band of the Hawk with this engine because it looks really impressive.
2: Yeah, that'd have been cool. Well, you never know. You might get your yourself a sequel. So, <laughs> I'm hoping so. And speaking of Devil May Cry, uh, one thing I want to kind of mention last week in our uh, E3 finale, our blowout, is that uh, Hideki Itsuno, who was the director of Devil May Cry 4 and also uh, of the, Dragon, the Dragon's Dogma series, he did tweet something, Says sorry to announce, to announce anything at E3, please wait as my project is progressing smoothly. So a lot of fans got super excited speculating as far as what new game might be coming out of Capcom. You know, I'm grateful that Capcom announced what they na- announced at the show, but, you know, uh, I'll be, I want more. I want Capcom to be up there with Bethesda and EA, and I know that lately they haven't been at their best as far as publishing games, but they're, they're trying, you know, so so I'm excited to see it's uh, Mr. Itsuno's announcement saying he's still working on his game, so we'll have to see. Maybe Tokyo Game Show, and we'll see what Capcom's been working on. And get an unveiling of that. So, so what what game would you want to see, guys? Would you want to see a new uh, like a new True Blue Devil May Cry, maybe a new Dragon's Dogma, or what new Capcom project would you want to see? Maybe a new Rival Schools. I want Mega Man. With any of the above, I (laughs) should be
0: perfectly frank. (laughs) I want a
1: new Mega Man. Uh, Like I really miss Mega Man. Like I really miss that property. I know it'll never happen, but I do miss it. And I would love to have a new um, Mega Man. And I know that Dragon's Dogma is getting a PS4 release. And Kevin uh, tweeted about it earlier uh, because there's having a sale on Steam. Um, and like that was something that made me kind of like sad because like when when you guys, because you both have gaming rigs, and when you both say like, oh, Steam sale, when you are talking about the Steam sale earlier, I was like, damn, this is something that I can't really, you know. I mean, I guess I could go in and just buy them now and hold them until I get a... Uh, a a gaming uh gaming p c but it's like so like sometimes I was like oh, i wanna i wanna be able to participate in these deals so but I knew dragon's dogma would be great because I do think that dragon's dogma was one of those underrated gems you know every now I know Capcom gets a lot of shit from everybody but but they like they have a pretty good pedigree and a pretty good lineage, so it's like i wanna see more from them but again if there's something that I'm talking about you know just wanting something then I would well, like love for
2: them to make a new Mega Man just something Ugh. have you ever thought about maybe buying like a steam machine or something like that something that's console size that could like kind of fit in your uh aspect or were you thinking about buying oh, and building no, a rig. I, I don't
1: I don't know. It's just this is just something that that I know we've talked about it before. We can talk about it more offline, but it's just this is one yeah. of those things, you know. This, was, this is one of those things, you know, that I'm just it, like I just need to go ahead and just do this because Des, I'm really missing I would out. En-
0: I would encourage you. Just go snag you a $20 Steam uh, a Steam card. The the summer sale is going on through July 5th. Create a, an account if you don't already have one. And just take a look and see what's out there because I mean, I got Ikaruga for a dollar and seventy cents. (laughs) See,
2: but my thing too is (laughs) since we're not dealing with a physical product, you know, sales will come and sales will go. Yeah, they'll come and go, but (laughs)
0: yeah, you know, the the Steam sales is when you really want to strike, and the least amount of investment will net you the greatest number of games. Yeah. So, so, yeah, but as far as Capcom, what we'd like to see,
1: uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 would be great, um, and then Mega Man. Those, those are the, I'm always praying for a new Mega Man somewhere. I don't know. I know it's never going to come, and it's a pipe dream, but something, you know. I've liked oh. every iteration of Mega Man that I've ever played, and I actually liked um, the Net one. You know, where they're all online and stuff. Like, I know people didn't like that one, but I loved it. So. Oh
2: no, there's those fans of Battle Network for sure. Battle Network is pretty badass, actually. So, mm-hmm. I, I remember <laughs> us playing those games
1: when they came out. Like I remember like getting them and like playing. Just, just they were just great games.
2: So, even the Mega Man Zero series on the DS, uh, those are all good, great games as well. So, uh, so, so well, as soon as they fired in a Fune, as soon as they canceled Mega Man. Uh, was it Battle Network, uh, the sequel that they were supposed to be releasing? Uh, it was like no, it was, n- no, it was Mega Man Legends 3. It was the 3D one. Oh, yeah. So the three. Uh, that, that that they canceled. They pretty much Capcom and just wiped their hands of Mega Man and Inafune and all that crap. And yeah, so. after Mighty Number no. 9, it's like, nope, we're never getting anything close <laughs> to that again.
1: So it's just sad.
2: So that actually, um, there is a game that came out from Inner in Creates, which did, it's the team that did Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10, but it's in the Mighty Gunvolt series that's supposed to be almost like 8-bit Mega Man-ish on there. So I'll definitely have to take a look. Let me see what the name of that game is. I'm doing some crack internet research right now, in fact, here. So, so what kind of features were you looking for in the new Mega Man game? Did you like the kind of 8-bit style from Mega Man? Uh, nine and ten that were on like PS3 and Xbox three sixty or oh, no no wh- I was
0: I, I just
1: I like I like the handheld Mega Man games actually like Battle Network. Like people I liked Battle Network. I thought it was a very interesting story. You know, whether you had the you had the internet and then you had like the real life stuff and they were working in tandem together. Like I enjoyed that. You know okay. I enjoyed that. You know and then the and then I and then I loved the the legends. Um, I was always I was always hoping that they do like a, me- a Mega Man role playing game, and that's why I kind of liked uh, Battle Network as much as I did because it kind of it kind of leaned to that, although it was sort of an action RPG ish kind of thing. But but if you're able to,
2: and you could build your Mega Man however you want,
1: so like I think if there okay. would be
2: something like that that'd be really cool. Yeah, there is a game called Mighty Gunbolt Burst that just came out for the Nintendo Switch uh, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. It's uh, done by developer Inti Creates, which also did Mighty Number Nine. And so, actually, Mighty Number Nine's protagonist Beck is actually in the game too, but it's in the 8-bit style uh that we know and love so and looking at the game i've s- seen a review of it that rated it quite highly so and i think that might be a game once you buy your switch It it's a uh, retails for a hot 9.99 so you
1: can't <laughs> argue with that so. there you go yeah I'm, yeah I'm familiar with the um with uh the gunvolt series i mean there's, there's yeah. been a couple that came out um on on uh, the 3ds yeah. on the 3ds and they in the
2: nintendo online so i'm familiar yeah Gotcha. All right. And next news story, because you know we love our news stories here at Gaming Vessels. Um, Fire Pro Wrestling World is going to be coming to Steam Early Access next month on July the 10th on there. So if you're not familiar with uh, this series, uh, Spike Chunsoft has released uh, these wrestling games since the uh, Super Famicom. And um, a few of the games have come out in the U.S., but uh, basically they're like the biggest like mishmash of um, every wrestler would come to known the man, like unlicensed. But, you know, if you've checked out Fire Pro Wrestling in the past, they had, a I think the last game that came out was for uh, Xbox 360, which was a more arcadey one. But uh, the PS2 one that uh, came out in the U.S., it has abilities to be able to modify uh, your own entrances, create your own wrestler. And so you go online basically, and you're able to find like every wrestler known to man. I mean, you talk about ECW, WWF, WCW, uh, Japanese wrestling federations, like new Japan pro wrestling, uh, all Japan pro wrestling, <laughs> you name it. Uh, pretty much it all, uh, kind of mishmashed together in one big, uh, wrestling pro wrestling sandwich if need be. But, uh, the game's coming out for early access on July the 10th, which I'm super excited for on there. Um, the game, you know, at least the one on the Saturn, featured six-player action. I remember us playing some six-player Fire Pro Wrestling at some point. I don't know if you remember playing the Desmond or not. But
1: Yes, I do. This shit yes. was, was crazy.
2: <laughs> but this one, you you're, have the ability to be able to play online. Uh, so you're able to organize even tournaments with people around the world online. Um, different rules in the game include uh, death matches, include steel cage, barbed wire, and landmines.
3: Land uh, you could also
2: <laughs> wow. incorporate MMA rules and no bards hold gruesome fighting. So um, you could create your own dream wrestler from over a thousand moves and even more body parts to battle for custom championship belt. So you want to z- design your own super to greatest belt. Guess what? We could create even a gaming vessels belt for God's sake. So,
0: <laughs> the GV
2: yeah. champion. Yep. You know it, man. ready so, Joe so. coming for you. <laughs> so,
1: your finishing movie called The Big Deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know it. It's like a double pile driver like yep. from the top rope or something. <laughs> price Chopper.
1: Yep, They're the Price Chopper. That's the second move off the rope. We get the Price Chopper off the rope, <laughs> and then at the end, at the end, after you, uh, after you would, um, after you would like tag uh, after you would um, do the count out, you get up and you throw coupons at them. Well, later. <laughs> that, that, that'd be your shtick. You'd be a heel, and you hand out coupons to people <laughs> with, with like your name on it. Bryce Choppa.
2: There you go. You guys have a role to play to go and create this wrestler. So that'd be
1: hilarious if someone did. It's a picture of you. The Bryce Choppa.
2: You are computer. actually able to create when you create your own wrestler, you're actually able to assign um, and program the CPU, their CPU settings to make the wrestler like a heel or a face and to be able to go ahead and uh, define what type of moves they have, too. And so it's, it's price for early access is going to be twenty dollars, uh, but the game will be released later on in the year full release for both pc and playstation 4 so you know, keep an eye out for that
1: seriously we just, might have to we might have to get that and then uh make gaming vessels <laughs> wrestlers yeah. and like and like stream that shit I think that'd be kind of funny
2: actually uh, that'd be awesome so <laughs> and a couple other news stories just around things out this is kind of more in your wheelhouse desmond but uh Obsidian Entertainment has announced a um, console version for both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, for the game Pillars of Eternity. This is a I heard about that. I was so excited to finally hear that. Yes, it's a. Um, if you haven't heard, Pillars of Eternity is an old school styled RPG released for the PC, Mac, and Linux back in March of 2015. But it's a spiritual successor to uh, such noted games like Icewind Dale and Baldur's Gate on there. So it's it's like the ultimate, like, you know, PC version of D&D on there, and it's a a pseudo-sequel, meaning that, you know, it's not officially licensed as Dungeons & Dragons, but still. But those um, people
1: worked on... Those people actually, if I remember correctly, those people actually worked on those games, though. Correct. They worked on Baldur's Gate and a couple other ones. So I watched a couple of gameplays. I watched a couple of gameplays for that. Um, So, yeah, I, I... I have heard about it. I do know about it, and I'm very excited that it's coming to the consoles.
2: Yeah, console ports will feature an enhanced UI and redesigned con- controls, designed from the ground up. It Does include uh, the base game and both expansions, uh, Pillars of Eternity: The White March, and then um, Pillars. Well, it looks like here um, there's also Pillars of Eternity 2: Deadfire, which is coming out for the PC as well. So. But keep an eye out for it. It's going. They haven't announced as far as what the retail price is going to be yet. But on PC, the complete edition does cost forty-four ninety-nine. So we'll probably have to see once it does come out whether it's going to retail for for full fifty-nine ninety-nine or if there's ways around it. Of course, <laughs> well so, worth it though, for sure. And then a couple other news stories. Diablo 3 Rise of the Necromancer Pack did get a final release date. It's coming out this Tuesday on June 27th on there. And the, the pack will bring tons of new content, of course. You'll get immediate access to the Necromancer class for use in the campaign along with the game's adventure mode. Uh, players who have purchased the DLC will also get access to a non-combat pet, a pair of cosmetic wings, new Necromancer-themed Banner shape, <laughs> sigil, and accent, and then a necromancer portrait frame, pennant, and two additional character slots on there. So on there. PC players will also get access to two additional stash tabs as well. So you can't forget those stash tabs. So uh, game is going to retail for a hot $14.99 on Tuesday uh, to be able to purchase this DLC. So if you're not able, or if you don't own a copy of Diablo 3. Uh, they're going to be releasing a Diablo 3D internal collection which will include in the Rise of Necromancer pack as well as the ultimate evil edition for 39.99 on there so keep an eye out for that. We've been waiting for this uh character drop and the uh, the um DLC for a while. I I was kind of surprised that they actually were charging for it because they haven't charged for any of the prior um you know DLC with the series but uh uh, what what they have offered before for free, I'm going to be gladly paying my 15 bucks <laughs> to play the Necromancer class at least. So I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of
1: mileage out of that game. You still do, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I was playing it like about a month ago, yeah, or like a couple weeks ago on it. So, but game's still good. In fact, I have never um, finished the. Um, reaper of souls content story content so that's why i want to get back into it and uh i know the adventure mode is still like very awesome because it's it's all about them loots people loots so and people might not know this but that game actually does have
1: a um like they have seasons and stuff on leaderboards and so um people build certain builds for it so it has quite a quite a huge following so i'm actually thinking about getting back into it with the with the uh, necromancer pack so
2: well, let me know because I will be down to play some multiplayer, and especially and you too, Kevin. Just in case you want to go back to Diablo or not, I know you probably that son has sailed for you more than likely. So,
0: yeah, I, I've I've just got so much so much other stuff I need to 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 jump into. I mean, yeah. I like Diablo, but I, I just I, and I understand it's like a click a clicking experience on PC. But uh, I just wish there was a little bit more meat to the combat uh, for console. And I, 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 get, I think the way they did it was probably the best they could do for this style of game, for the type of game that they had envisioned and translating it to console. But it, it, I just wish it had more meat in the combat area. Mechanically, the effects are cool. You know, What you do in the, the game is actually very cool. But I think mechanically how you activate some of those things is a little repetitious for, just for me. Gotcha.
2: And then last but not least, uh, Namco Bandai has announced a western release um, they are remastering the Dot .hack gu series for um, modern consoles they're going to be releasing it both on playstation 4 and pc on that if you've never played those games before the Dot .hack gu is a uh, three-game rpg series that originally came out for the playstation 2 on there but they're uh, working on bringing this up the uh, modern speed uh, getting up to 1080p graphics, including upscaling to 4K, 60 frames a second, a lot of gameplay improvements to make the game fresher for modern audiences. So on there. Um, I don't know if you ever noticed, those games came with like an anime CD, DVD, included with the uh, at least the original PS2 packages. So there is uh, probably going to be to where all three games are going to be in this one pack. And, um, you know, I have dabbled with this series, but I've never played it. Have any of you two played it at all? Or pretty much uh, I've even ventured to watch some of the anime, too, back in the day, but that's been like about 10, 12, 13 years ago. So, No, No.
1: I've never played it, never saw it. No, no. Same here.
0: Yeah, it's, I've heard oh, of it, but I've never, I've never watched any of the anime.
2: It's something uh, where you know I want to get you know something that they're bringing this back, and I know a lot of people love it. It's a action RPG, so it's definitely in the wheelhouse. I think of you know modern games like Persona that uh, you know might harken back to, and it's wonderful JRPG goodness. So I'm I'm quite looking forward to this collection on that. So. It's so almost like, a, in a way, almost like a, a predecessor to Sword Art Online, a little bit. So with the way the plot worked and everything. So uh, that's all the news I have this week, guys.
0: Okay, well, let's find out what we've been playing. So, uh, Des, why don't you kick us off with what's been in your rotation this week for gaming?
1: Well, I just I beat I beat Mass Effect, uh, Andromeda. And I spent over eighty hours on the game, so I played every you know every scenario you could play in the game, except for like the tasks. You know, did all the you know friendship quests, all the main quests, all the you know other you know time time wasting quests, except for like the tasks. There's these little things that have nothing to do with the with the story that you can do or build relationships or whatnot. I didn't do, I didn't do all that. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the game. Was it a perfect game? No. Did it deserve all the backlash and hate that it got? No. Um, I thought it was very in vogue for people to to make fun of that game because of the animations, you know. And I and I agree with most of the people; like it should not have it should not have shipped as as unfinished as it did, you know. But having said that, they did fix a lot, and by they I mean the you know the game publishers. They have fixed. A lot of it, so I I was happy with my time in Andromeda, and um, I'm actually thinking about playing it again, doing a second doing a second playthrough to see how other things, you know, could have changed in in, in the game. Um, how how would you rank
0: it in the trilogy?
1: Um, well, that that's kind of hard, only because it's it's kind of not it, it, it start it's starting its own thing, and so there were mm-hmm. uh there were like three main story elements that were not um, that were not uh, completed in this game and basically set it up for a second game so they were already there and oh. and, and in that aspect I'm really kind of sad um, because with all the backlash that this game got we might not get a Mass Effect Andromeda 2 for a while so they were the the um, the plots that were that were left hanging were very very like like integral so i was like oh my god you know <laughs> we're gonna have to wait because like they really set up a lot this was this was the first salvo in this new trilogy and in doing such it was a lot of setup you know within this new galaxy everything everything that happened in the game was about setting up the antagonist setting up setting up the colonies setting up you know you as a as a hero much like the first one so for me it's kind of unfair to 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 compare it to the to the original one because the original one was basically about you know humanity fighting a war to end all wars whereas this one it's more like or at least for the first one it's like you're explorers you know and and this is how you're going to deal with this new area you know uh, of exploration so it's like they're two different stories now however um the first game the first trilogy um seeing it as a whole is a lot more like refined and they knew what they were doing it seemed like they knew what they were doing this one mm, i don't know it really does seem like like they had really high hopes, and I read that Kotaku article, and I always talk about that. They had really high hopes, and they kept having to scale it back and scale it back and scale it back and scale it back, scale it back which which ultimately hurt this product um, more than helped. Um, and I think that you know the people that you know the powers that be just did not have faith in it because it is such a established IP. You know it's been over it's been out for over ten years. Mass Effect is synonymous, and now they want to do something else. And that new thing they want to do is Anthem so i don't think that um if we were to get an, a second one soon i don't I, I don't i don't know i really hope that they re they re uh commit to the mass effect property if when if and when they decide to give us a two which i hope they do they left they left way too much stuff open for them not to have a, a second a second um installment uh but having said that, I never beat Mass Effect One, I never beat Mass Effect 2. I never beat Mass Effect 3. I just didn't, I just couldn't get into those games. This one, I thoroughly got into, and I enjoyed my time with it. But it's weird, though, because I beat, I beat um, Dragon Age uh, one and two, but I could not get into Dragon Age 3 for some reason, and I don't know why. I want to go back and try, but it seemed like there was just it seemed like the, the, the story was very aimless. Um, Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Age 3. So it's very interesting how how it switched off. Um, so, and now they're working on, you know, Anthem and then Dragon Age, and then Dragon Age, uh, the new Dragon Age games. So let's see how that one is. So I wouldn't expect a new Mass Effect game for at least another five to six years, in my opinion. You know, F sooner, because I think they're going to wait for this bad taste to move out of people's mouths. And then they want to, and then after, um, Anthem is out, and then they they come out. But that was the game that I played mostly, and I and I beat it. And now I'm really just trying to find something else to really occupy my time because I spent so much time on that game, and it's really it's really weird. It's like the transition um, into another game is 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 has been kind of weird because I haven't really found anything that has really um that I can sink my teeth into, and that's something we can talk about on another show. It's like you know, after you beat a game, like, how quickly are you to move to another game? And do we play games to beat them or do we play games to experience them? So that's I think that's something that we can, you know, talk about on a, on a future episode. But, all right, Joe, what have you been playing this week besides Overtime? <sighs>
2: Not that much. Uh, I've been playing uh, Borderlands, the uh, pre sequel uh, on PS4. It's kind of like my uh, comfort food. When I get home, I'm tired and maybe want to game for a half an hour, 45 minutes. And so I just do a a mission or two and that and then go to bed. Basically, that's been (laughs) the crux of my gaming. Uh, Also at work, uh, I kind of stopped playing Dragon Quest. Eight, a bit. I uh, switched it up. I've been playing a uh, new Super Mario Brothers 2. Yeah, I found find it actually pretty easy for me to be able to go in, play a stage for like about 10 minutes because my breaks are usually like 15 minutes at the most. Yeah, I might cheat and go 17, 18 minutes at the most, but um, uh, yeah, I find at least enough time to get into a stage enough to where I'm trying to get all three stars in each stage and uh, you know, kind of playing my way methodically through the game and it's good in bite-sized chunks. I didn't realize how good it was in bite-sized chunks, but it's made for, you know, just stop and go gaming, which I would definitely, uh, give it my two thumbs up heartiest recommendation. I know it's on sale right now at Toys R Us for your 3ds for, uh, 20 bucks right now. So, but, uh, other than that, I haven't really been playing much. So, uh, i've worked so much i didn't have time to do any trade-ins or anything So, Yikes. but uh you know i did pick up um farpoint i i saw a local um retailer with it in stock and the farpoint with the um the controller with the gun controller has been kind of rare to find and so i saw the trailer during e3 time and, of course, I don't own a PlayStation VR, so me buying Farpoint is introducing quite a conundrum for me. So so it's either going to be to where I will pick up a PlayStation VR at some point or I will sell the game and uh, not try to profit off it too much. I know there's people on message boards that have been looking for the Farpoint bundle for a while, but uh, I'm probably going to let it go out there. If anyone listening has been looking for it I'll let you know once I decide on what I'm planning on doing and kind of take it from there but, uh, but can't let Can't you play me that know. without
1: the VR though?
2: No you cannot play it without the VR oh, which, well, never mind. which sucks because it looks like a really cool game otherwise so but, but yeah that's been my gaming week this week so
0: mm-hmm. Well for me um, obviously Persona 5 <laughs> I am uh, I am uh, now at 190 hours in, uh, damn, <laughs> because I stopped uh, my first play, restarted from the beginning because of my social links, and I'm still still enjoying the hell out of that game. Um, I thought I, pu- I thought I sunk in a lot of hours into Final Fantasy 15. I've already I've eclipsed that by. <laughs> by by at least 30 hours <laughs> i
1: guess <So>. damn
0: <laughs> yeah but uh still loving persona 5 um the other game i've been playing is steam sale and uh <laughs> filling, out my, <laughs> filling out the hard drive on my computer um i, I picked up a whole bunch of games y'all i, I got all the like i said, all the batmen's I got the entire Fear series, which I missed out on, on the, uh, console side, uh, picked up, um, uh, the other, um, Platinum Games Masterpiece, which is, uh, uh, Revengeance with, uh, Raiden, got that, too, and and, and, so now I have the trifecta, I've got, uh, Bayonetta on Steam, I've got Vanquish on Steam, and now I have uh, uh, Metal Gear Revengeance on Steam as well. And all it's up to 4K, 60 frames per second. Pixels feel the power, true 4K. awesomeness that, that goes with that uh, and I, I picked up a whole bunch I don't have my catalog up right now but I picked up a whole bunch of stuff and I'm going to go back and pick up the first two dead spaces they're really cheap and I'm going to think I'm also going to pick up the first two flat outs they're both like a dollar twenty right now <laughs> so... Jeez. <laughs> so my hard drive is is pretty fit pretty pretty filled uh so i'm pretty satisfied with the way it's looking but uh i also downloaded i haven't played it yet next machina the uh, house mark do a twin stick shooter that was uh designed uh in conjunction with the creator of uh, robotron Uh, What is it? Robotron 2020, I think is what they are called. I can't remember. 2084.
2: 2084?
0: Yes. Robotron 2084. Have not had a chance to play it yet, but I'm looking forward to that. And I have also, and I'll hopefully have more information, uh, gameplay uh, impressions on next week's show. I have imported uppers for the PlayStation Vita, so I should be getting that sometime Next week, it is a a beat-em-up, a 3rd person beat 'em up which is my favorite genre in which you compete for the love of uh, uh, high school girls and college girls that watch and get excited by watching dudes beat each other up, and they give you their panties, and those panties give you active and passive buffs for your (laughs) next fight. So it is not uh, Arnita (laughs) Sarkeesian-approved. But hey. the mechanics, the mechanics are some <laughs> extremely impressive third-person brawler uh, uh, mechanics. That really impressive. You're actually playing as two characters, and you can tag team your partner mid combo uh, for even more devastating moves. So uh, I'm really looking forward to checking out Uppers. It is not there is no option for English text, but it's a beat up you know. You know, I can I can go to Wikipedia and find out and get the story there. So I'm not too worried about it. But uh, I'm really looking forward to checking out upwards.
2: Where'd you pick it up from? Uh, it's been on my Amazon, like, wish list for a while. I just haven't executed on it yet. I so. got it.
0: I got it from Amazon.
2: And, oh, you got uh, one of
0: the third parties on Amazon? Cool deal. No, from Amazon proper. When I ordered it, they had two copies left. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good deal. So, And that pretty much does it for my game week. So why don't we jump into what we can expect to be playing this week, assuming any of us have any uh, (laughs) any money to spend (laughs) on games releasing right now, be it time or money. But uh, for those of you listening, there's a lot of stuff coming. This, this week. So, uh, Joe, why don't you fill us in on that? Okay. Um, as
2: we talked about earlier, uh, Valkyria Revolutions coming out for the PlayStation 4 on Tuesday. Um, so, definitely look forward to that. That's 40 bucks. That's a Musou strategy game. Definitely in our wheelhouse, per se. Also, the... Um, much lauded Crash Insane Trilogy is coming out on Tuesday and in fact this game is so highly anticipated uh, Amazon is not selling any pre-orders for it anymore I looked on Amazon just to see if if they were still having any pre-order deals on it, not even available right now so they probably have sold out of their um, run imagine Amazon selling out of anything (laughs) but uh, (laughs) these are remasters of uh, the first three Crash Bandicoots on there um i was doing a little research into that and it's just amazing to see that bicurious visions the developer of the series of the um trilogy the remastered trilogy uh didn't even have any of the original coding uh for the game they actually did everything from scratch based on the uh previous games in the series so it's quite Quite uh, probably a great remaster, given the fact of what they had to work with
0: on that. Any of you two interested in the Crash games at all? I will be getting this at some point. I won't be getting it day one, but I'm definitely going to be snagging this. That's game at some point because I've played Crash One. I liked it. Never played the other two.
1: I will probably not be picking it up. Sorry, <laughs>
0: okay. Not a.
2: I was never really a Crash Bandicoot fan. My wife likes the game, so I'm definitely uh, if it's something she's interested in, I'm interested in. I know, uh, given the pre-order bonuses, I know um, you're able to get some themes on Amazon. Um, I know with GameStop they have a uh, uh, the little uh, Tiki Tiki mask. <laughs> they have it available as a keychain, so uh, my, my GameStop credit is like saying, hmm, maybe, maybe. So we'll have to see. So. But the other games coming out this week, uh, PlayStation VR titles coming out on Tuesday called Arizona Sunshine. Uh, it's also using the uh, PSVR aim controller as well, the one that comes with uh, Farpoint on there. Um, it is a zombie shooter for your PlayStation VR. So game looks definitely uh, in my wheelhouse. And you know, So for those of you out there that have the PlayStation VR, uh, take take a look out for that. There's also support regular DualShock 4 controllers as well. On that, um, also coming out next week is a game called Brawlhalla. It's coming out for PlayStation 4. It's also been available on Steam for quite a bit of time. It is a free-to-play, Smash brothers like game, so you have a number of different characters to select from on there. It's free-to-play, up to 20 playable characters in this game, each with unique movesets, signature abilities, stats, weapon combinations, and flair on there, so believe it is a up to four player game as well so definitely if you're interested in a smash like experience on your playstation 4 give it a gander it is free to play so on that uh, also coming out next week is a game called cryptark for both playstation 4 the game came out for steam last week on that, I played this actually at the PlayStation Experience uh, last year, and I quite enjoyed what I played. It's a kind of a 2D shooter. It's a sci-fi shooter, but um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, has some influences from an old game, uh, Atari Vectrex game called uh, Major Havoc. It's basically where you're going in, and you're trying to get to the core of the um, particular. Area that you're in and you're able to strategize as far as going through get to the core of the spaceship that you're in blow it up and get the heck out of there basically so on there but it's 2d it's kind of in the same style as um, other games, like maybe almost like a twin-stick shooter, but it has a little bit more strategic elements to it. And uh, I enjoyed what I played it. I played it for like about 15 minutes at PlayStation Experience. I actually sat down and kind of <laughs> dug into it. So it has a very like mech style. almost reminds me of, if you remember that Super NES game from back in the day, Cybernator. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of that, but more of a uh, in an overhead style. So um, coming out for PlayStation Four. It's also on Steam sale right now. It's available for eleven twenty four on Steam. So on it. So definitely check it out. Uh, it's, it's, it's something to where I'm gonna dedicate my space bucks and pick it up. I'm gonna head out after this recording, go buy a PSN cards because there's a flash sale going on right now too. So. But uh, definitely something that I've been looking forward to. I don't think any of you two played that PlayStation experience this last year. Have you?
0: I, wasn't I don't there. believe I
2: did. <laughs> I know you weren't there, Desmond. I'm sorry. So I don't want to rub that in. So um, <laughs> bastard. I know. Next game on my list, though, coming out this Tuesday is um, a port of a game that was on the PlayStation Vita. It's the latest port of a Danganronpa game. Danganronpa: Another Episode, Ultra Despair Girls. On that's coming out for the PlayStation 4 to kind of get the uh, Dangan Rampa series up to speed on the PS4 because uh, Dangan Rampa 3 is coming out the uh, next um, month or two for both PlayStation 4 and Vita. I know you played this, Kevin, right, on the Vita?
0: I did play it. Uh, there are some issues with the third person aiming because it is an action game, it is a third person shooter for the most part, with some RPG, with some eh, fairly in-depth RPG elements. Uh, But the issue is the aiming is not very good, and the camera works against you more often than not. So hopefully in the PS4 variant, they can straighten all that stuff out and make it a good gameplay experience overall. I liked it from what I played. I have not finished it. Uh, I don't know if I ever will finish it because the the aiming is just so bad. (laughs) Particularly when you have to do critical shots on some enemies in order to destroy them. That's the thing that kind of kills it.
2: Well, maybe it will be better for something for a DualShock 4 to kind of solve, possibly so. So uh, next game on the list is finally coming out for PlayStation 4 this Tuesday. Uh, Elite Dangerous is finally making its way for PlayStation consoles. Uh, this game was previously released for PC almost like uh, two years ago. It's been over two years since the game came out, but uh, um, this game's also been out for Xbox One as well. Was on that console last year. Um, this game is almost like a space pirate game. It's basically it's it's a imagine No Man's Sky with a little bit more of uh, combat depth and to be able to, like, you know, make your own trade routes. This game is not very single-player focused. It's up to you to explore the galaxy, kind of to do your own thing. And it's a multiplayer game, too, so you can run across uh, other games, other players out there, out in the in the galaxy on there. So it's more of a sim game uh, on there, on the PC. I know it's at, that you do need to use uh, mouse and keyboard on it, but uh, they have created to where it does support, uh, you know, controllers on there. So any of you two, you know, like a game in this type of wheelhouse? I know um, I'm not sure if a space sim is not exactly up in your wheelhouse or not, but uh, I'm kind of interested in it. I've been interested in the game for a while. I played some space sims back in the day. Like I remember the original Star Raiders on the Atari uh, 2600 and the Atari Gaming computers on the Atari 800. So, you know, what, what you guys is feeling on space sims as a genre?
0: Last one I played was Space Spartans on Intellivision, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was one of the Intellivoice games, so it actually talked to you. Back when vo- vocals in a game was was like a major thing and very exciting, but uh, that we take all that stuff for granted now. But uh, you know, this game kind of seems a little bit. And I say this having already sunk almost 200 hours into Persona 5, but this sounds like too much of a time sink <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, uh, hypocrite much. But um, the the combat, the the dogfighting, space combat aspects always did kind of sound pretty cool. Um, but I don't. I think I'll probably pass on it because I have again, I have so much stuff. Yeah, me too, me too I'm definitely
2: interested, Does they support VR, and it's not supporting a PlayStation VR though but uh, it's something I, I love Wing Commander series too on PC back in the day, and I've been looking for a game kind of in that same wheelhouse too where it's more open-ended, but maybe story-based at the same time and I know this game does not really have like a single-player story content whatsoever, it might be something to me, whether I'd pick up this game or get back into all the updates after the patches for no man's sky and then check that out too. So but,
3: uh, are you going to are it.
2: You gonna get it Joe? Uh, Elite dangerous. Yeah. I'm thinking about it Cause especially the PS4 version coming out so late in the game and with controller support, I'm not sure I want to pick up the PC version cause I know it only supports controller partially. You do have to have a, a mouse and keyboard? To play the game properly, I'm thinking about buying it. It's just re- it retails, I think, for forty bucks. So ultimately, you could get it probably next week or two. You can you know, with the gamers club unlock or with Amazon Prime get it for like thirty two bucks. And to me, I don't know. I think a game like Elite Dangerous might offer a little bit more gameplay than something like Crash Insane Trilogy. But you know, we're dealing with apples and oranges basically. So well, all I know is if you get it, then I'm gonna play it. There you go. Ding ding <laughs> ding, ding ding ding. So. Other games coming out this week. Uh Micro Machines World Series is coming out for PlayStation Four PC and Xbox One. It's the latest game in the Micro Machines series. that, uh, I have not seen the Micro Machines game came out for a while. So this is like kind of almost like a reintroduction um to that series, which is, you know, I don't know if did you any of you two play like Micro Machines for any of the old consoles? I had it on NES.
1: I had the actual micro machines. I mean, if that counts for anything, (laughs) I didn't play any (laughs) of the games.
0: I had uh, a few of the micro machines too. I was mostly into Hot Wheels, so that's what. Yeah. Same
2: here. <laughs> well, if you didn't play the game, Alan, back in the day, like that game was so damn endearing. It was like uh, your the courses were like ah uh, like on the breakfast table, and you had to go through like you know a course. You can see the course outline with Cheerios and <laughs> so on and so forth. So super the, sprint on a table. Basically, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm kind of curious to see how the new game kind of riffs off that style and they kind of go from there. But if it does play like an old school super sprint type game, I'm definitely all for it. So on it. uh, And then a couple other games coming out this week, just to add to the pile. (laughs) Uh, There's this game called the 10th line that's coming out for PlayStation 4. It's been out on Steam for a while. It came out in March on there. Uh, It's a console style RPG. It looks like it's definitely in a 2D style on there it looks uh, quite like a homage to like 16-bit rpgs of old on there it has pretty good ratings on steam you're dealing with an overall uh percentage it looks like here of uh, let's see if this what the percentile is here can't check a percentile on steam but there's a lot of thumbs up on here so i'd definitely take a look at it it's on sale so on steam right now just in case you're on the pc side of the fence for 669, just in case if you wanted to check it out. But I thought it was interesting enough. They're excited for the game coming out on consoles, so definitely give it a gander. And then last but not least, uh, there's a game coming out for PlayStation Vita this week. Uh, yay, a new Vita game finally! But uh, uh, Nihon Falcom's Tokyo Xanadu is coming out this Tuesday on it. Uh, fans of the Persona series might want to check it out. It's based in modern day Tokyo, and you are taking um, you know, teenage protagonists out there pretty much should, guarantees a 40-hour RPG experience on there. Um, the motif of the game, the story of the game is that a colossal earthquake devastated Tokyo 10 years ago and then the life of its inhabitants forever on there. So, But you kind of get to where your group of friends discover what caused the earthquake and the enemy that is behind it all. So pretty much uh, you're saving the world and, and protecting Tokyo from the menace that brought its devastation on there. So it's an action RPG. If you do like Persona, it's in the same wheelhouse. You're able to you know, fight and, and build relationships with your other characters along the way so that it will be out this Tuesday for PlayStation Vita. There's also Tokyo Xanadu plus that will be coming out for PS4 in the fall. So, and that's the drop this week, quite a bit of stuff. So
0: that's a whole lot of stuff, man.
1: I know not the one game that I can't wait for. That's (laughs) the the new final fantasy Zodiac age. It's that's, that's the one when that drops, I'm getting it
2: day one.
1: Can't wait. That's like
2: next week, though, isn't it? It's coming soon. It's coming soon. I think it's not, I think next week's Fourth of July week. So I think it's coming out the week after, if I'm not mistaken. So can't wait. Can't wait, too. I got that pre order. No, finding the time.
0: Who the hell knows? (laughs) Well, that's always the case, man. And uh, for those, we're about to wrap up the show, folks. And uh, we're going to end it with our contact information as we. As i like to mention after every episode, this show is, we want this to be listener-focused and listener-based, so we want to interact with you guys. So hit us up, gamingvessels at gmail.com. I can be reached at Shonoff71 on Twitter. Joe can be reached at JoeFongGool on Twitter. Dez can be reached at NemoCub. On Twitter, Uh, we're on all of the uh, gaming uh, networks, pretty much. I am Shonuff71 on Steam. I am also Shonuff7 on PlayStation Network. Uh, Joe and Des, why don't you give out your uh, gaming network IDs for the folks so they can play with you?
2: Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Well, my gaming IDs... PSN, I am Kamunagara, K A M U N A G A R A. I'm also on Steam, also the same thing, Kamunagara, K A M U N A G A R A. And also on Nintendo, um, on Xbox Live, I am known as Mr. Fongul, so it's M R, F O N G U uh, L. You're probably not going to find me on there. I haven't turned on my Xbox in months. Why'd so. <laughs> <laughs> you give it out? Ain't no good. You know. Hey, it's there just <laughs> in <laughs> case. Always going to be on Xbox Live waiting for you. It's like, where's could going wanna go? Where's Mr. Fongul? <laughs> He ain't
1: going there, folks. Sorry.
2: Oh, so. no, no, no. I do like the Xbox from time to time. So uh, if you're looking for someone to play on the Xbox, look for um, Lefty Brown. L-E-F-T-Y-B-R-O-W-N. He is a quite a big, big Xbox fan. He's a fellow co-host on... Gamer husband's radio. You'll find him every day on his Xbox. So if you're so, looking for someone to play,
1: so <laughs> I haven't I have a Steam account and I haven't used it in forever. So but once I resolve this, having a you know getting a a piece a PC gaming console, then I probably will start using it again. But I don't know right now. So just wait for that to happen. And uh, usually playing on PSN as Nemo Tigger N E M O T G G R. So hope to see you out there. I'm always on in the evening. So. Let's play some games, yo.
0: Games. (laughs) Gaming. And with that, folks, we are going to bring episode seven of Gaming Vessels to a close. I am Shonuf71. That's Dez, a.k.a. Nemo Cub. That's Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, a.k.a. You Gotta Get Yourself a Joe. We, got, we should put that on a shirt. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. sure. We really should.
1: We really should. You got to get yourself a
0: Joe. Get yourself a Joe, folks. All righty. And that will do it. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later. Bye-bye. James. <laughs>